Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan. I'm continuing our message on nine things they never told you about Jesus. Because you've been following him without having any idea who he is. As a Christian, the goal is to be like Christ. But if someone has misrepresented Christ to you, as some frowning, emaciated Englishman that walked around speaking Elizabethan poetry, blessed are the poor in spirit, and just kind, Jesus was kind to his neighbors, and Jesus was a good neighbor, and they leave out who the essence of Jesus is, then you don't even have a reference point. You know, you saw that exploited during the COVID lockdowns. Jesus would get vaccinated. Oh yeah? What scripture is that? Jesus would stay home and save lives. Jesus You know, yes, Jesus ministered, but there's a disease going around right now that's very contagious. Jesus ministered when there was a disease going around called leprosy that was so damaging, it was illegal for someone that had it to come in in contact with the general population. If they did, they weren't fined. They were stoned to death. And he touched the lepers. So you can tell people don't know who Jesus is. How would Jesus have ministered if there was a communicable disease going around? Did you never read the Bible? Those are ministers that talk like that. So I want you to see from the Bible. Everybody say from the Bible. Seeing Jesus for who he really is. Who does the Bible? Not who do the Presbyterians think he is. Not how does the Assemblies of God think he is. Who do, not the Catholics. Who is Jesus from the Bible? And that's why we're heavy on the Bible here for for hundreds of years. They kept one of these chained behind the pulpit. Only the preacher could read it or the priest. They didn't want you to see what, what God said about you. Then they could manipulate you. They could tell you God wanted you poor. You'd never read what God did for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And then this thing got unchained and in the hands of the people. Gutenberg, uh, made his press and it got the word out and it totally changed the world. The Bible got in the hands of people. Well, man created this religion. If man created Christianity, how come it makes you not do everything men want to do? Every man-made religion, the priest gets virgins delivered to him and orgies in the temple. But Christianity is not like that. Christianity is holiness and the 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 mortification of the deeds of the flesh and life in the spirit. Today's going to be a day where you receive something from the word of God that changes your life forever and changes your family forever in Jesus' name. If you believe it, can you say amen? amen? Who is Jesus from the Bible? Luke chapter 13. The Bible says, Luke chapter 13, verse 10. One Sabbath day as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, He saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly, everybody say instantly, she could stand straight. Oh, how she praised God. I want to pause there long enough. To recap, number one, Jesus had a supernatural ministry that affected multitudes. Jesus did not refer the crippled woman who was bent in half to an orthopedic specialist. Woman, 
You are healed of your disease as he was teaching. Everybody say, as he was teaching. He's teaching and sees a woman that's bent double and stops teaching. Woman, you are healed of your, your infirmity and touched her and immediately she stood straight up. Jesus had a supernatural ministry that affected multitudes. Number two, Jesus had and exuded joy. Jesus didn't bring sadness where he went. Jesus didn't make happy people sad. He made sad people happy. That woman came bent double and crippled. And the Bible says when he touched her, she stood straight up. Next verse. Oh, how she praised God! Exclamation point. Luke was a doctor. Luke said, it's saying in that sentence, you should have seen what this woman did when she went from being bent double and crippled by an evil spirit to able to walk. Oh, how she praised God. Now I want to tell you something today. Notice that God received no glory from her sickness. He received glory when she was healed. God's not looking to make you sick and break you. How many of you know God saves his biggest battles for his bravest soldiers? That's not a scripture. God's not looking to load you down with burdens. God's looking to lift. The Bible says in Isaiah 10, 27, that the anointing destroys the, destroys, destroys the yoke of bondage and lifts the heavy burden. Jesus didn't go around laying his hands on healthy people and making them sick, but they brought unto him all the sick, and no matter what their sickness or what their disease, he healed them all. And I have better news. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Religion may have changed, but Jesus never changes. Jesus was a happy person, and he brought joy where he went. People flipping out. Oh, how she praised God. But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that he had healed her on the Sabbath day. Who gets angry that somebody gets healed? He was content to see her like that. I'll tell you, everybody say religion. It wasn't a band of hookers and drug dealers that put Jesus on the cross. It was religious people. How would somebody get upset that somebody got healed? Well, how come when I was driving a car to hundreds of churches that was unregistered, no one cared, but now they're angry I have a jet? Just logically, you should be upset. Hey, preacher, that car's illegal. It's not that I think your car's not nice. It's illegal. No one ever said anything about it. But then if you drive in in, in, a, in a Maybach, Bentley, oh. So you're okay with me driving an illegal car that puts my family in jeopardy. That a government that makes provision for poor people says that car is too poor even for a per poor person to drive but you're fine with that. But then when the blessing comes, you get angry. It's the same with healing. That synagogue leader was happy. Presumably that lady always went to the synagogue. He was happy to see her crippled. No, no problem. God gives his biggest battles to his bravest soldiers. Amen. Jesus didn't read nice poems to people that were suffering. He delivered the power of God. And when he did, sinners loved it. The person that got the touch loved it. But these Pharisees and Sadducees, the same spirit that hated healing then hates it now. You go to Revival Today Church, and they say they heal people. What do you care? 
Are you mad at Allegheny Health Network? Are you gotten mad at uh, UPMC? No, that's fine. But then if the church ventures into that realm, that religious spirit hates miracles because the devil knows he can talk you out of believing in God if everything stays in the realm of words. But when a miracle happens and you see the demonstration of the power of God, it does something on the inside of you that I know of a truth that Christ is not just a prophet. He's not just a teacher. He is the son of the living God with authority over all the power of the devil. The leader of the synagogue was indignant. There's six days of the week for working. Come on those days to be healed, but don't come on the Sabbath. But Jesus said, you hypocrite, publicly, not by email, not after everybody left, in that guy's own church. There's six days of the week to come for healing. This is enough. This woman's making too much noise. You hypocrite. Didn't you untie your donkey to come here today? then why is it wrong for me to untie this daughter of Abraham whom Satan hath bound? 17. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed and all the people rejoiced. They did what? That church is too loud. That's how they're supposed to be. There's a note in Revelation when it gets quiet in heaven for half an hour. Heaven, if you don't like noise, you're going to hate heaven. If you don't like prosperity, you're going to hate heaven. You're going to have to look at gold everywhere you go. God used more gold than Donald Trump did in the 80s. Everything's gold. What color do you want the streets? Gold. What do you want the mansions made of? Gold. Pearl gates made out of a single pearl. Oh, yeah. And then there's joy and exuberance and noise. You know, I mentioned before, and I'm not trying to, to, to make sweeping generalizations, but I, I, as you can tell, I'm white, and then my, my wife's Puerto Rican. I, you know, they're different than white people. Camila was telling me that at her Christian school, they, were at, they asked each kid what their bedtime was. They're going around, my, my kid, my, um, you know, like a lot of the kids in Camila's class are firstborn. You know how your firstborn kid, you like try, and then by the fourth, you're like giving up, do whatever you want. Time's your bedtime. Whenever you're tired, I, I've done my best with the other three. So she's got a bunch of firstborn kids in her class. So you know, the, the parents are trying. They've all read James Dobson books. They're going for it. What, when's your bedtime? Seven o'clock. Other kids, 7.30, 8 o'clock. So Camille, after the fifth kid, just out of like shock, goes, we don't even have dinner till 10.30. <laughs> People ask me, do you homeschool your child? I'm not against homeschooling, but in, with my wife and my family, if Camila was homeschooled, she would just know how to play dominoes and do cockfighting. That's it. <laughs> Maybe how to steal a car and shoot a deer. That's it. So no, we sent her to school. So <laughs> she's up late. Amen. I want everybody that's here and on television to know this. Jesus cares about you. He's not forgotten you, and he doesn't give platitudes. So we had kind of like a quiet house. Our churches were kind of quiet. We, marrying into a Puerto Rican family, there's noise. There's people over our house at 115. In the, I'm telling you, you wish I'd moved to your neighborhood. Property values would plummet. 
If you want to buy a house somewhere, have us live there for a year and you'll be able to afford any house. We'll turn Sewickley into the Hill District. Amen. <laughs> joy and rejoicing. So notice, notice, everybody say Jesus had joy. What's the fruit of the Spirit, depression or joy? And Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. So notice, there's sick people that are sad. Then when Jesus is done, A, the woman, oh, how she praised God. Then B, then the people rejoiced. When he rebuked that synagogue leader, the people rejoiced. When Jesus left, people are jumping up and down and blowing instruments. The Bible says in another place they said, what amazing things we've seen today. He was like a one man, not, not crudely or secularly, but he was a walking party. Messed up funerals. Woman, why are you crying? Touched the casket and the boy sat straight up and the people rejoiced and said, what amazing things. So a Christian should not be somebody that brings the place down. You don't go to a family party. Can't believe you would drink in front of your kids. Well, believe it because they're drinking in front of their kids. They don't need to stop drinking. They need to get saved. Then when they get born again, I was telling the story this week, one of our ushers, I never preached, I hadn't even preached against it. He got baptized in the Holy Ghost and went home and just felt, opened his liquor cabinet and dumped everything down the sink and posted it on Facebook. Man in his 50s, yeah, not because he was scolded, but because the life of God had replaced what he was getting from alcohol. Be not drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Holy Ghost. Church should be a happy place. We had a guy, one of the ushers had to speak to like six weeks ago because he was vaping during the service. And it's not that we're, you know, legalistic. It's illegal to vape indoors. So he wasn't being disrespectful or anything. They came and they said, sir, you can't vape here. We're having church. He went, oh, I, I took this as such a compliment. He went, oh, I'm sorry. I'm having such a good time. I forgot I was in church. He was a visitor. I like that. I like how God even gave us this building that just disarms you. What is this? Why do I have a two-mile journey on AstroTurf to my seat? You can't quite place this. Then when the music starts. I mean, God gave me an answer to prayer. And Brother Tony and his wife, Claire, we don't sing songs like we're having Jesus' funeral every Sunday. Let me tell you something. If Jesus never rose from the dead then churches are justified with their music services. They should be sad songs about how death kept our Savior down and we're all headed to hell. But I read the whole Bible, and on the third day, death couldn't hold him down. The grave couldn't keep him. He got up and conquered the power of death that I might live. Somebody shout hallelujah. This shamed his enemies, but the people rejoiced. Hallelujah. This shamed his enemies, but all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things, plural. So that means he wasn't even done that day. That was like the highlight of the day. Hallelujah. The people went home and said, man, that guy's off. I like that guy. What's his name again? Jesus. The carpenter? Yeah, but he's not a carpenter anymore. He's like walking on water and stuff. I talked to Luigi and he said he left Union 103. Just went full time into the ministry. Now, last week, 
That Jesus that hasn't changed showed up at this church in a pronounced way. A woman who had had seven strokes and hemorrhaging on the brain, lost her ability to walk, stand up, or, and speak, came to church, stood up during praise and worship by faith, then forced her husband to walk her up. And when I say walk, this woman, when she got to the front and asked for prayer at the end of church, it was like you had to hold her up to pray for her, and it was like holding up a large, like a, a marlin that you caught in the ocean. There was no, just swaying every way. No, it wasn't like she needed help to stand up. She was just no movement and, and swaying. So I called Abraham to help me and Pastor, Pastor Abraham and Pastor Augustine. And I said, listen, let's get you a chair to pray because if I lift a hand, you're gonna fall and you're gonna fall hard and hurt yourself. She went, I'm not sitting back down. Okay. I feel like kind of a crampy healing preacher. The lady was already out of the wheelchair. All right, have a seat. I'm not sitting back down. Okay. So I prayed for her, and then I left her with Abraham and, and Augustine to continue praying, and I went to talk to the next family and ask them what they needed help with. And what happened? Now, if you're a preacher like me, dressed like me, that calls yourself a faith preacher, when you see a miracle, you're supposed to act like you're not surprised and go, hallelujah. Not do what I did, which was this. I did. Even while I was doing it, I was thinking, why are you acting like the dad on Home Alone when they found out <laughs> Kevin was not with him? Because I'm telling you, to, to see that woman can't speak, and, I mean, and then running and jumping. You know what scripture came to my mind as I was like this? How when Peter said to the crippled man, stand up, the Bible says he went walking, then leaping as they start getting strength back. No one told her. I said, now jump in Jesus' name. No, she's just jumping on her own like she's in an old Toyota commercial. <laughs> and like going high. And I'm telling you, I still feel it on me. What amazing things we have seen today. Check out what Jesus did here seven days ago. Look at it. Um, I had seven strokes. Uh, back in March the 6th, and uh, that led to a lot of other things. Brain hemorrhaging, um, microbrain bleed, stage 2 kidney disease, uh, malignant hypertension, a tumor on my adrenal gland was causing everything. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't run, I couldn't walk, I couldn't speak. My speaking was slurred. I kept falling down, I was confused, and um, we followed Jonathan Shuttleworth, and this morning he had said something about uh, 10 months and it's over, and it's been 10 months for me. I said, that's mine, and he said, healing, healing be all over you, and I said, that's mine, and I stood up, and I was unable to walk when I first came in, and I was running after Jonathan Shuttleworth grabbed my hand and prayed for me and said, it's over, it's over, it's broken off of you, and I felt the miraculous power of God and Jesus inside of me and just like it burst. And it felt like it just broke all the chains that were on me. And I feel like my adrenal kidney tumor, the doctors are gonna say, what happened? It's not there. When I go for my MRI, they're gonna say, your brain is not bleeding anymore. And I believe that it's healed in Jesus' name. There's no more, it's dried up. The blood is dried up like the woman with the issue 12 years. All glory to God. Thank you again for Jonathan Shuttleworth coming into this community 
Is that miracle woman here today? Stand up so everybody can see you. Oh yeah, I kept it. Take that devil. How's that taste? I'm telling you, Jesus is alive. I'm telling you the devil. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. Say it so the devil can hear you. Jesus is alive. Say my Jesus is alive. He's not going to break the power of sin. He broke the power of sin. Bible says in Romans chapter 10, don't say who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to the earth. See, some of you grew up in religious churches where they said one day in heaven, this is our, right now God's giving you battles and burdens, but one day in heaven. But the Bible says don't say who will go up to heaven and bring Christ down. You don't have to wait till you go to heaven to get heaven's blessings. Heaven already came down to the earth and gave you what God wanted, what Adam lost in the fall. Jesus restored unto his children. Healing belongs to you. Prosperity belongs to you. Peace belongs to you. Freedom from addiction belongs to you. I have questions. I have questions for people. See, when there's no miracles, people are free to pop off at, at the mouth. The only people that get healed in those types of services are people from psychosomatic diseases. Oh yeah, what do you do with that video? They pay that woman. You think that woman was paid to do that. If she can act that well, she should be in Hollywood, not Coriopolis. You dummy. You stupid dummy. You freaking stupid dummy. Then I'll stop at that while I still have a ministry. By the way, welcome everybody watching on DirecTV, channel 379. If you're wondering what you're watching, I also don't know. The only people that are healed in those meetings are, no, no, no. That lady had seven strokes and bleeding on the brain and couldn't speak. And I'm telling you, when we had our, our seniors brunch yesterday, everybody's just raising their hand, telling about the miracle from their perspective. I was the greeter. I was very concerned with her. I watched her try to stand during worship. When she said she couldn't walk, she did not mean had difficulty walking or great pain walking. I mean, could not walk. I've prayed for people before that couldn't walk. And see, this lady, maybe because I held her in the unwalking state. You know, I think maybe that's a reason why people have a difficulty receiving a miracle for their family member is see like I just see you now you've been carrying them to the toilet and carrying them to the bathroom like, no, no no I know what you preach but then you need to know that the specialist at UPMC said she has one of only three cases they've ever seen of, of it that's progressed this bad Jesus doesn't care the Bible says they brought unto him all the sick and no matter what their sickness or what their disease or if they were possessed by evil spirits one touch hallelujah one touch from his hand healed them all and I got better news Hebrews 13 8 Jesus Christ is the same he's the same he has not changed he's a healer then he's a healer now he mastered sickness and disease then and he masters it now you're one prayer away from the power of God lifting you up out of your pit and set your feet on the rock to stay who does the devil think he is he might have written the first chapter of your life but he's not writing the last chapter you and Jesus are going to write a glorious chapter
Come on, take 30 seconds and let it rip. Let the devil know he's in for a bad morning, bad week. Come on, let it rip. Come on, give him the highest praise. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. We are a victorious church. Somebody shout amen like thunder. Brother Jonathan, why don't we see miracles in America like they see in Africa? Because you go to the wrong church. You're going to come to this church, you're going to see some miracles, my friend. Didn't we have, a, at what no I have seen, didn't we have four different people in various stages of blindness get their eyesight back? That was here. That family that came? Uh, Ron, can you pull that family that testified that we played a week or two ago? Three of them that came. They had three extremely different, harsh problems. And all three of them were healed. You have it? This was the week before. When I wait after to talk to people, no wonder I'm having such an easy time pastoring. Normally, if you wait after as a pastor, excuse me, the sound was too loud. Um, the white chair hurts my spine. Do you know if you can build bathrooms closer? My wife went to go to the restroom and she passed away two thirds of the way. They found her with an empty canteen and a dead donkey. No, we get none of that here. Just wait after, excuse me. Can I tell you what Jesus did for me? Then you wait longer and then the ladies run around jumping. The, oh, I'm telling you. Now, do you think that Jesus opened up this two-hour slot on direct TV so that people can just watch what's going on here? Or do you think, like Texas is opening up, and Pittsburgh, and now the whole nation, and now we're also on this morning on Real America's Voice News, secular news. Do you think maybe Jesus said, finally... Somebody's telling them that I'm not looking to kill them with cancer. I'm not looking to give them my greatest battles. I'm looking to set people free. I believe this is going to trigger a national revival. The devil is not going to write the final chapter of American history. Oh no, God is going to shake this nation one more time from Boston, Massachusetts to Maui, Hawaii, from Wasilla, Alaska to Laredo, Texas. America shall be saved. Now, watch this family. Roll it. My name's Andy. My name's Jacob. Um, I've been healed of complete knee pain. Um, I couldn't bend it without pain. I couldn't walk without it. Um, that was completely healed. I can, like, jump around. <laughs> awesome. Um, the other Pause. Thing I was you see that husband when he's smiling? I, I hate watching. I hate being in the CVS parking lot watching a husband sad carrying his infirmed wife. You know, it's like it comes on people suddenly. You and your wife enjoy life, then the wife gets hit with something. Now, everything's revolved. You can't go see anybody. Want to go to Kennywood? No, I have my oncology appointment. It took, it took three months to get an appointment. If I miss that one, you know, I'll be dead by the time they reschedule me. So, so then your whole life is just, you're in a prison of sickness and disease. Everything revolves around appointments. The medical system writes your calendar for you. But not at this church, baby. At this church, you're going to get untied. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Woo. Man, I feel like I could run to Fitchburg. But I feel like after I got about two miles down the road, I would change my mind. 
from I feel like I could run the Massachusetts to I felt like I could run the Massachusetts. Can I get a ride? Look what Jesus said to that woman. Did you not untie your donkey to bring him here today? Then why is it wrong for me to untie this daughter of Abraham whom Satan hath bound? Lo, in the King James, L-O. I mean, I don't know what that means other than our drummer, his, uh, his street name's Lo. And I actually don't know what his actual name is, so I just know him as Lo. Lo, you didn't know you were in the Bible, did you? Whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years. So it's not, if you're here and you're thinking to yourself, you don't understand how long I've been going through this. Deuteronomy chapter 28 says, plagues of long continuance are part of the curse of the law. And Christ has redeemed us from all the curse of the law. Okay, okay, Mr. Synagogue leader. So it's okay for you to untie your donkey. But this woman who in the spirit, not with visible ropes, but with invisible ropes, Satan has tied her up with infirmity. Now I'm going to tell you something. Put Acts 10.38 on the screen. Acts 10.38. And no doubt you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. See, everybody said the anointing. See, Jesus was anointed. That's what separates him. And we're on in Palestine. Don't blow anything up. I'm telling you this because I want you to hear. Jesus died for you. There is a difference between Muhammad and Buddha and Hare Krishna and all the other leaders and Christ. They taught. They spoke. But Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. He didn't just teach. He didn't just preach. They brought unto him all the sick and he set them free by the power of the Most High God. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Everybody say power. power. Oh, yeah, he had a ministry of power. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he went about doing good, not bad. This is Jesus' ministry summed up in one verse. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good, not bad. I don't know why God gave me this cancer. He doesn't have any to give anybody. There's none in heaven. What do you think is a warehouse with cancer in it? Sickness and disease are the foul offspring of its father Satan and its mother sin. There was none in the garden of Eden. There won't be any in heaven. They came when the devil came. But I have good news. Jesus isn't going to come and destroy his work. He came and destroyed the work of the devil that anybody that calls on him shall be saved. And everybody say saved. But it doesn't just stop it saved. It's not you go to heaven after you, you know, yes, the sickness will kill you. But one day he'll be in heaven. Nope. Saved. Those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And. Everybody say and. And what? Delivered from what? All their trouble. Hallelujah. You know that church I'm going to tonight in Fitchburg, Massachusetts? Do you know why they keep having me back? It's one of the best meetings I ever had. I was supposed to be there one week, and it went five weeks. They were at 120 people. Actually, you know how they got to 120 people? My dad came there before me. This is Massachusetts, least church region 
in the United States, I think, tied with Oregon and Washington. My dad's preaching there. There's a war veteran there, I think Vietnam, in a wheelchair, I mean paralyzed, shrapnel through the, the spine. My dad's preaching on Bible prophecy. You've heard my dad preach? Teaching on Bible prophecy. And this guy sitting in the wheelchair goes like this. And so they look, well, this guy's not a Christian. No one he knows is a Christian. You know what? You start going to a church. You come home walking. Okay, maybe you're on to something. There may be some truth in what you're doing. People, you can't argue with a miracle. Jesus had a miracle ministry. And then what did Jesus, let me ask you a question. What did Jesus say? Now, I had a miracle ministry. After I leave, don't you folks go trying to do this because I'm Jesus and you're just disciples. No, he said the exact opposite. After I go, the same work that you saw me do, you shall do. And greater works than these. For I go to the Father on your behalf. Yes, ask anything you want and I will give it to you. Why will he give it to you? That your joy may be full. Now, it seems like the Holy Ghost has me, if I'm in an airplane, circling on this one point. Whatever has come into your life that has taken the joy out of your house. I'm telling you, in my house, we have joy. Too much joy. Kid goes to sleep too late. Dallas has too many people over laughing, shouting, dancing. Joy. Heaven has joy. What came into your house that sucked the joy? What took the joy out of your marriage? No, no joyful marriage ends in divorce. Strife, contention. The Bible says every evil thing. The joy of the Lord is your. So the first thing the enemy goes after is the joy. Go to a dead church. They've got no joy. They've got no fast music. Low lights, slow music, dead quiet. It's like a cemetery at two in the morning with less life. You go to an alive church, you go to a revival, people lined up outside at Brownsville three hours before it started, singing in the Florida heat, 97 degrees, direct sunlight with 4,000% humidity. People just all standing there singing by the thousands. Waiting for church to start. That's life. That's the Jesus kind of life. Now, whatever came into your life, put Acts 10, 38 up. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing how many? How many? I mean, no, we, we all want to be healed, but we have to remember what God's will is. Hey, genius, why don't you crack your Bible open and read what God's will is? God's, will, God's word is God's will in print. I don't have to wonder if Jesus wants me to be saved. The Bible tells me he's willing that none should perish. How many? He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. So you might have family members that are rooting against you, but Jesus isn't rooting against you. You might have, oh, that guy's stolen so much money from me for his drug habit. I, I actually think he's just too far gone. That's not God talking. God will save the worst sinner without blinking an eye. He went about doing good and he healed all. Show me somebody that came to Jesus and he turned him away. No, it's not my time yet. Who touched me? 
The woman with the issue of blood lifted her hand. Jesus said, what are you doing touching me? I heal who I want. You can't just grab my clothes. I take your healing back and restore double issue of blood. That's not in the Bible. You must say healed all. Healed all. Now, in my, in my opinion, and you might think I'm overly harsh, but I don't think I am. I think people are going to answer to God that preach to people that sometimes God doesn't want you healed and, because you have lied to people. And it's one thing if you don't know the Bible and you're just some like, you know, heroin addict under the overpass on 376 spouting off about what you believe about God. If you're a minister of the gospel and you're misleading people because you won't you don't want to pray for people. You want to have an 80-minute service. If I was a normal pastor, I, it's 11.49. I would have brunch plans uh, at, for 12.15 at 11 downtown, the restaurant 11. Maybe down, our prayer partners are here. If you need prayer, you can call the number. I'm out of here. I'm not sweating stuff. Just do a nice little meet, message from a stool with a latte. So we need to learn how to say no and be in charge of our own calendars. The power of saying no. You know, there's a lot of good things you can teach that you can get from any pop psychology book at a public library for 10 cents. Yeah, it is good to be able to manage your time well. It's good to have a clean kitchen. It's good to eat with clean utensils. It facilitates health. But that's not the gospel. Go learn that somewhere else. These are the words of life. Jesus said to the disciples, are you going to leave me too? To whom else would we go? For you alone have the words of life. We're going to go bury my grandma on Tuesday. Her, her mother, Louise Crawford, lived up in Aroostook County with another Scotsman named Spofford Crawford. No one in our family has named anyone after him. <laughs> the name Spofford began and ended with him. They, well, they name you Spofford. You better learn how to fight by first grade. That's the kind of name people would just want to fight you. Hey, what's your name? Spofford. Let's go. <laughs> Amy Simple McPherson's holding a meeting in Boston. Sends her associates up to do a tent meeting in Aroostook County. My great-grandma goes to that meeting and gets saved. Comes home and tells her husband and father of her two-year-old child, my grandma. Hey, I got born again. I'm so happy. His response if you don't want to drink and party with me, then I'm not staying married to you. I married you because I like to drink and party. So if you, want, you found faith, great. I'm out of here. And he kept his word. He split. Left my great-grandma with a two-year-old early in the 1900s. I mean, it ain't easy being a single mother. Now, then, nobody was for you. The secular world wasn't for you. The church world wasn't for you. She got a job running a room and board at a potato farm for no money. Her, her pay was she got a place to stay and food to eat and cleaned all day for the farmers. Then she sent my grandma, Carlene, to Bible school in, in um, Providence, Rhode Island. She met my grandfather, who was the first saved in his family. They all came from nothing. There's people here that know about how my grandfather would have lived. Coal miner in Ida May, West Virginia. You got paid in company script. Redeemable at the company store. You could never amount... There was a system in place to make sure you never got out of the coal mine and off the potato farm. But when they got saved, it put something into motion. And they go from coming from families with no teeth 
So I'll be at that funeral on my own jet with my sister in the jet that I'm picking up from Canada so she can go down. Because where you start is not where you're going to finish. I don't care how low you are today. There is a God who specializes in picking people up out of the pit and setting them on, on the rock to stay. I don't know how many people we bust in today from Section 8 housing and trailers and stuff. Do you know why we bust you in? It's not because I feel guilty about, uh, I want to give back. I feel bad for those people. I don't feel bad for you. A dollar spent time in Section 8 housing. Parents came here from, from Puerto Rico. When I drive by those places, I want to get as many people into this church because I know what God did for the Shuttlesworth family, what he did for, for, for the, the Curdy side of the family, he'll do for anybody. You might be small here. You might be the poorest person in this giant room. You might be the poorest. You might be watching me from a federal prison, a state prison, a drunk take holding cell. I am telling you, no matter how deep the stain of your sin, how thick the addiction, there is a God that when you call on him, he will pick you up out of that pit and set your feet on the rock to stay. I see you coming out today, today, today. Enough is enough. Somebody shout, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I prophesy in the name of Jesus. Everything that has stripped the rejoicing out of your days. God's going to do so much for you today that you're going to make up for lost time. This week is going to be a week of singing and dancing and shouting saying surely the Lord has done great things for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, is that my friend from Latvia on the saxophone? Give us a little blast on the saxophone. Lift your hands, everybody. Let it rip. A little praise. hand lifted now as we come into the altar part of this service in the name of Jesus God is going to God didn't just have you come here to listen to other people's stories your depression comes to an end today this daughter of Abraham whom Satan hath bound these 18 years the devil's the one that did the binding but Jesus is going to do the loosing you put your hands down and look up at me. I want to finish one of the stories that I started. 
That meeting in Fitchburg, the guy stands up. Pastor Brian's church goes from 50 to 120. Then he has me in at 120. We go five weeks. We have 357 new people saved in the church of 120. And when I say saved, Fitchburg, Massachusetts is a place you go to buy heroin. That's the main business there. That's not an insult. Sorry if you're watching from the Fitchburg Tourism Bureau, but even you would have to know it's true. So you got all these mothers coming that are getting saved and going, hey, thank you for preaching. It was so great to pray. Would you please pray for my son? He's lost. He's on drugs. I haven't seen him in two weeks. When you stay at a church five weeks, you get to start seeing the answer. So five days go by, nine days into the second week. That lady's up at the altar with a teenager with neck tattoos and a hat on backwards. Yankees hat on backwards. I think if you do heroin long enough, they just give you like a complimentary Yankees hat. That's been my observation. And so he's crying and then the mom's looking up at me. That's him. That's him. And you know, that's one of the greatest things about revival is seeing the joy of a mother jumping with her son because he's born again. He's at the other. Then he starts bringing his friends. Then dealers start getting. That's how it blew up out of control. Now they're in a new building because the old building, the old building is the youth room. Just like one day, our youth group and children's ministry will meet in a building this size. And the adults will meet in, in a massive arena, the likes of which have never been seen. Oh, yeah, I know where I'm going, baby. I'm going, I'm going the Jesus route. I'm not, going the, I'm not going the American religion route. I'm going the Jesus route where we teach and preach and set the captives free, where we heal the sick and we don't refer people with devils to professional help. We cast out devils. We said, I'm telling you, the devil is not going to write the last chapter of American history. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is on the move. We're going to get it done. There's people watching me online right now. You're in a prison. Some of you are in a physical prison, and some of you are in, might as well be, a physical prison. You know, a lady at that Fitchburg meeting could not leave her house. If she forgot that she couldn't leave her house, she would have a panic attack as soon as she stepped out the front door. That's a demon keeping you in prison. She was on 40 prescription medications. This is 2011. 40 prescription medications every day. You know why? Because if you're poor, and they know you can't sue, and then you're on national health care. Just remember this. When all these politicians go, we want health care for everyone. What they mean is they just want to make sure they can get maximum value from every human body. Because if, see, if, if you're on welfare and there's no national health care, then they can only prescribe you enough medication of what you can afford on welfare, which would be one or two things. But if you have national health care with unlimited ability to be prescribed drugs, then they can just dope you up like a zood monkey antidepressants, digestive problems, all that stuff. This lady, I mean, because now if you think I'm being too harsh, explain to me how anybody with a brain could prescribe one frail woman 40 prescription medications when you're not even supposed to take Tylenol every day. Your system can't handle that. So it's obviously just, ah, these people are poor and we actually need them to die because they're a drain on our health services. So let's take as much money as we can and then we'll, we'll kill them. And then, then that'll free up more money to do it to the next person. So just so you know how the world works, that there isn't actually politicians laying awake at night in their mansion, perplexed about your health. So she's on 40 medications. 
I found out about it after. I never told her to go off medication. She said, I got healed. I said, how do you know you're healed? She said, number one, I'm here in church. I, I haven't left my house in nine years. She had a daughter and stuff. Couldn't leave the house. That's a demon. I'd have a panic attack if I stepped past the front door outside. That demon would say, back you go. And I'm free. She said, I quit taking my medication. I feel the best I've ever felt. And brought the sack of 40 different medications that she was no longer on. Yeah, that's a prison. Having your life dictated to you by other people is a prison. Can you say amen? amen? Jonathan, I'd love to come to church on Sundays, but I have to work. That's a prison. That's other people dictating to you when you can serve God and where you can serve God. That's why the devil hates the message of seed time and harvest because you'll get fun. Nobody can tell me what to do. What would the devil even tempt me with? Do what I say and I'll give you a jet. I already have one. Thank you. I'll give you women. I have a woman. One's enough. Thank you. I'll give you money. I have money. You, there's nothing for you to give me. I got it from God. You think the devil can bless people better than God can bless people? You think the devil can bless people better than God can bless people? So you notice if you don't go God's way, then it leads to a system of control. But if you go Jesus's way, it sets you free. I want everybody that's watching me on television right now, they're going to put information at the bottom of the screen of how you can get in touch with me and our ministry. I'm not going to personally pray for all your prayer requests like other preachers say. I'm telling you up front, I will not. I don't want to. I don't have time. But I'm going to pray for you watching on TV. Info at revivaltoday.com. That's email. And then if you have other ways they can get in touch, I want you watching on TV to connect with it right now. I was just talking to an old preacher in Kentucky. He had tuberculosis when he was a little boy. He was in the hospital and they already had given him up to die. And Oral Roberts came on the TV screen and told everybody watching, if you need healing, what would he tell them to do with their hand? Touch the screen as a point of contact. Take an action. Hey, boy, he got raked over the coals for it. And he said, my mom in Alabama touched the screen when he prayed and put his, her hand on my body because people need agreement. People feel like they don't have enough faith. But then this guy in the suit, he's got real faith. So it helps him. And she said, he said, I was completely healed that day. And his mother had said to God, if you heal my son, I'll give him to you to preach. And he's still preaching. He's 81. He's been preaching. You know, he's from Alabama. They let you start preaching down there like at 13. He's been preaching like 70 years, 65 years. Just got a new plane that he pilots at 81. Red hair. He's supposed to be dead at, at eight. And Jesus has him alive and preaching at 81. Hallelujah. <laughs> This really is overwhelming work. Now, we are baptizing people today that have never been saved. We are having a new members class. You heard my wife say, if you would like Jonathan to become your pastor, that is not the purpose. With all due respect to that woman, that is not the purpose of the membership class. Yes, I will be your pastor. I cannot pastor personally even the crowd that's here now, let alone look to get new ones. That's why we have staff pastors. This is not about you getting to, we're now all, you know, when that lady came up that, 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 was having, that couldn't stand, did I ask you if you were a member of the church before I prayed for you? I don't care. This church is 22 months old. There were no members 22 months ago. There was no church. He said, I'm new here. I'm new here. <laughs> Susan, now, now we'll pray for you. If you'll be a member, if you'll become a tithing member, this is about what I said yet last week. If you want to join an army that is going to march through Pittsburgh and Texas 
and remind the devil you are not in control in this city. You are not going to turn this place into Brussels or London or Philadelphia or Chicago. We are here. We are going to do the work of the Lord. We're going to preach the gospel, win the lost, heal the sick, and cast out devils. That's what this meeting is for. I know Kofi's in Texas. Does anybody know how many members we have in Pittsburgh right now? Seven something? What is it? Rough number? How many members do we have? 780. So we'll eclipse 1,000 today in less than two years. And I mean 1,000 committed, soul winning. Not, not I signed up to be a part of this church. You are a member. You are a working member in the men's ministry, veterans brigade. I am going to do something with what I have to advance the cause of Christ. Come on, let the Lord hear you that he has a people on this earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I was Satan, I'd be nervous right now. Nervous. I'm going to pray for you today. I'm giving you more time on TV to get in touch. Texas, I want you to get ready. You're going to get a touch from God where you're at. In fact, I'm going to swing the service in Texas to Pastor Kofi, who's there right now, to do the altar call and pray for people. So Fort Worth, we love you. I'm looking at you right now. I love you. I bless you in Jesus' name. I'll see you this month. My father's going to be there December 3rd. Adas is going to be there this Friday. We love our Texas family. Kofi, take good care of him. I pass it now to Pastor Kofi. Now for everybody that's here. With heads bowed and eyes closed. Jonathan, I am not born again. I have never received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want you to pray with me today. Because I can pray for you every Sunday. I can have every one of our pastors lay hands on you every day until you personally surrender your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. There is an open door in the spirit for the devil to come in and stab and slap as much as he wants because you belong to his kingdom. You either belong to the kingdom of darkness or you belong to the kingdom of light. That's why Jesus' message, first message was repent. Be born again. Ye must be born again. John Wesley preached that message over a thousand times. Ye must be born again. And they asked him at a Bible school, why do you preach that message? Ye must be born again so much. And he said, because ye must be born again. You need to be saved. You're going to die one day if Jesus tarries. And if you're not saved, you'll go to hell, a tormenting hell. And then the devil doesn't wait till you go to hell to torment your life. Your life becomes a living hell before you go to actual hell. But guess what? When you surrender your life to Jesus, he doesn't wait till you die to take you to heaven. He'll begin to bring heaven's blessings into your life right now, just like he did. I'm glad my great grandma didn't say, okay, well, if you're going to leave me, then I'm, I, I won't be a Christian then. Let's stay together. It'll be easier. Oh, no. It might cost you something up front. Unless you're Camila. And you come from a Christian home, then it doesn't cost you anything because you're a parent. But somebody, think about that. Somebody has to pay the price in a family and be the first one to say, Satan, get lost. Take your hand off my family. I'm bringing, because what did Paul say to the jailer in Philippi? 
and you shall be saved and your house. Joshua said, as for, uh, Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Somebody has to be the first in their family to say enough is enough. We were all alcoholics, but we all ain't alcoholics anymore. I'm getting saved. I'm, I'm, I'm off this ship. I'm getting on a new ship. And then you'll be amazed how your family, when one breaks it, everybody starts coming. Oh, I don't know, Jonathan. There's some wicked people in my family. No, think of it. You're the most wicked and God's already dealing with you. So the others are easy. If God saves you. He can get everybody else. This is the only thing I can't do for you. I can't make you get saved. I can give away a side-by-side -side and a rifle to try to get some hunters that are on their way to hell to hear the gospel, but I can't make them get saved. I can't make you get saved. But some of you, God's been dealing with your heart by his Holy Spirit for about 50 minutes. And you know today is your day to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Now, this is not to join our church. This is to get, make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, where for the rest of your life, anytime you wonder, am I going to heaven? Oh, yeah. November 12th, 2023, I stood on the touchline at the Montour Junction Sports Complex and prayed a prayer with a raving lunatic in a navy blue suit. And Jesus came into my heart. And I've never been the same. If God's been dealing with your heart and you say, I want to pray with you today, Jonathan, I want to leave out of this building and know that I'm born again. I want you to quickly come out of your seat and stand with me right here. You won't be the only one. I'm already here. I'm waiting for you. Come right now. Come out of your seat. And let's pray by coming forward. I'm surrendering my life to Jesus Christ, holding nothing back. This is my day. I'm telling the devil enough is enough. Come on. You don't have to come to five services. You can do it right on the first service. Come. God bless you. Keep coming. Stand right here. I'm going to pray with you. Keep coming. You face me. I'm going to pray with you. Keep coming. That's awesome. Go ahead. Sing that. Keep coming. I'm going to give you 90 seconds. Let's go. If you're watching on TV, call that number. Oh, this is awesome. Who else before we pray? This is my day. This is my day. This is my day. The Lord's wrestling with Come on. Heaven's like 20 steps away. 15 steps. Yes. 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 I'm coming to Jesus. I'm coming to Jesus. Who else before we pray? wrestling with your heart. Surrender to yes. 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 Hallelujah. Today's your day. You don't have to go to hell. You haven't messed up too bad. You're only one prayer away from salvation. both hands to the Lord if you're able. If you need to hold your cane with one, that's fine. And then say this prayer after me. Say it from your heart. You're, this is not a recital or like some initiation chant. I'm giving you the words to say. You're talking to a living God. You're going to see him one day. And now after this prayer, instead of greeting you as a judge, he's going to greet you as your father. 
He'll receive you into his kingdom. Say this out loud. Heavenly Father, I've come forward today to give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in your blood. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness by the blood of Jesus. I am saved. I am forgiven. I am clean. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, with your hands still lifted, why should this daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, you think God gave you a drug addiction to test your strength? That's, that's, ass, I mean, that's what people preach. That's asinine theology. No, whom Satan hath bound. But Jesus came to undo the work of the devil, to destroy and undo the work of the devil. Whatever rope in the spirit you have wrapped around you right now, heroin addiction, fentanyl addiction, marijuana addiction, alcohol addiction, depression, thoughts of suicide, Whatever the devil has done, something bad that happened to you as a child, that the, it's like it's kept you in this horrific prison in your mind. Those that call on the name of the Lord, he will save them and deliver them from all their destruction. In the name of Jesus. Every rope the enemy has wrapped around you, I command that rope to come off of your life and you be untied and loosed. Now, not over the course of 20 weeks, not a little better after today and then it's a long journey. Once an addict, always an addict. That's the devil talking. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. You know, one time, I was preaching as an evangelist before we started this church. All I've done as a pastor is just do everything I did as an evangelist that they said doesn't work if you're a pastor. You can do that as an evangelist. So one time I told people, I said, this is not a 12-step a, a program. This is a one-step program. I said, God will set you free today. And the pastor said after the service, he said, well, I know you said that, but you'll find when you pastor that it does take time. No. I found that God will instantly deliver people like he did that, that woman. This is not going to be some long journey. And immediately the woman stood straight up and immediately the man heard and spoke and immediately the man saw Jesus does not waste time. You've suffered long enough. Every attachment of hell that accompanied you to this altar, it drops off your life now. That's it. Go right through you. This is but an easy thing for the Lord. Failed. I come in all that tightness and, and cracking in the bones. Out in Jesus' name. Come in and come loose. Knees, feet. Put your hand across your lungs and heart. I command you two new lungs, new heart. I curse the taste of that stuff off your lip and tongue. You'll never be a slave to it again. In Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I personally... I don't, I don't actually care that much about smoking. I don't smoke. But with all the things that are going on in the world, I have bigger fish to fry than to get people to quit smoking. Having said that, God's going to set you free from nicotine addiction. Do you know the plane and stuff I have? 
Maybe, maybe it's just the money that I have from never drinking or smoking. Think if you had all the money back you spent on cigarettes and alcohol, how much money it would be. I have it. All the money you put in slot machines back. I've never done slot machines. So when God sets you free right now, think of the money it's going to add to your account. The devil is a devourer of finances. Addiction costs money. Freedom brings money. Can you say amen? Every sickness and disease, every addiction, when it drops off your life, poverty goes with it. You might be standing here poor. You will not remain poor. Poverty is a curse. Jesus broke that curse. Doors are going to begin to come open to you. You're going to receive the unbridled blessing of God in Jesus' mighty name. Now, the Lord has literally saved your life today. I'm going to pray for you, and it's going to be like B.C. and A.D. Your life after this afternoon is going to be nothing like your life before this afternoon. Whatever harsh thing the enemy had happened in your past, that since that time you never recovered, you fully recover now. That's it. Go right through you. In Jesus' name. In Je That's it. You'll never be the same. Never the same. Never the same. Um, welcome to the family of God. We are going to baptize people today. How many do we have signed up for baptism, Pastor Augustine? Ten, ten people that are being baptized today? If you would like to join them, or if anybody in the crowd would like to join them, you can join them. We have clothes for you. If they don't have clothes for you, I will send someone to buy clothes for you. Ross, dress for less. But we had last time, if you want to get baptized today, why wait? Why not just make this a, a, a day where you really stick it to the enemy? These are my friends. They have a Bible and gifts to give you. This is not to collect your name and address and turn it into authorities or anything. This is so we can properly pastor you. I want you to make this your church. You don't have to make it your church, but I would like you to make it your church. The same way God touched you today, it'll just grow like this every Sunday. 10 a.m., we're right here. Other than around Christmas time, we have a couple of venue changes, but we're basically here every Sunday, 10 a.m., and just like you enjoyed today, this was not a special Sunday. Every Sunday is a special Sunday. Just keeps getting stronger. Crowd keeps getting bigger. It's been amazing. Amen. I want you to know I love you very much. If you've ever felt like you don't have anybody on your side, I'm on your side. That's the whole point of this church. And I'm going to watch you fly high. You're going to make good on your decisions today. Your children are going to have a different life than the one you had because now they have a mama that loves God and loves his word and takes them to church, a Holy Ghost-filled church. They're going to have a dad that leads the way. And we're here to support you and celebrate you in Jesus' name. Please go over and meet up with the nicest people you're ever going to meet on planet Earth. They're going to help you out. They're coming to you. Give Jesus a great big hand clap. Give Jesus a great big hand clap. Here's what we're going to do. Pastor Augustine is going to get, no, I'm going to have Pastor Jay give you some instructions. And we're going to pray for everybody that's here today. Cancer, skin cancer, cancer of the blood, brain cancer, problems with movement, disease of the bones and joints, spinal, central nervous problems, whatever it is, organ failure, you need new kidneys, you need new lungs. 
I could feel the gift of faith come in here in the realm of healing. And if I took a show of hands, there'd be very few hands that wouldn't go up. I don't, I don't need healed. There'd be very few people like that, although everyone can be like that. But people are sick and they need healed. And that's why before Jesus went to the cross, he took lashes on his back, not for your sin, but for your sickness and disease. Think of this with me. When people say, those lashes were for our spiritual sicknesses. Well, if that's true, then why did he go to the cross? The blood he would have shed would have covered your spiritual sicknesses. There's no reason to get crucified. But he was whipped that by his stripes, you are healed. The woman, Syrophoenician woman, wanted healed. Jesus said, is it right to take the bread? Everybody say, healing is the children's bread. Is it right to take the children's bread and throw it to dogs? She said, yea, Lord, but even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Good answer. And because you've answered so well, I've healed your daughter. One crumb of that bread healed her daughter. Say this out loud. I don't have a crumb. I got the whole loaf. Because we're not outsiders. We're insiders by covenant. Now, you're not allowed to stay sick anymore. That sickness leaves today. You think God can't put new cartilage in your knee? You think he ran out of cartilage like in the 1800s? You think he didn't foresee how many people were going to need cartilage in their knee? All the things that are a part of your health naturally wearing out because of old age. The Bible says, as their days are, so shall their strength be. Unusual, listen to me, unusual strength in old age is part of the covenant for the child of God. Strong in old age. Abraham was beating people to death in his mid-80s. That's our father. I know it's a terrible example, but it did happen in the Bible. All of our covenant forefathers outlived the 120-year barrier. Unusual strength in old age. Well, your eyes go as you get older. Keep saying that. You'll be blind by next Sunday. But instead, start saying, thank you, God, for strength for my eyes, hearing for my ears. Can you say amen? Can you say better amen? Amen. So we're going to lay hands on you, and you're going to leave here full of the Holy Ghost and fire. Stand with me real quick. Face the crowd so they can see you. You know where I met her? The Stand 2020 in June during the lockdown. She was at Tampa from Botswana. She's a tennis star. And then now she's back in America from Botswana, Kansas City, taking uh, tennis lessons and came on Friday night and asked for prayer because an affliction came. See, that's why sickness and disease is evil. She's pursuing a career as a legitimate tennis star, and the enemy attacked her body. And it's, it's, sickness is demonic. She's a young lady who takes care of her body. She's an athlete. Where did this affliction come from? It came from hell. And Jesus healed her just that night. You're going to do great in tennis. Praise God. Oh, yeah. CVS isn't going to see you so much anymore. Only when you need toothpaste and stuff. Walgreens isn't going to know you much. Walmart Pharmacy, you will not be seated among them anymore with a bunch of people breathing like this. Everybody say, I'm free. I want you to follow me to this life of divine health. I've enjoyed it for 43 years. You know, yeah, but you're young. My dad's enjoyed it for 65 years. My grandma enjoyed it up until 
her 91st year when she went home. 91. Amen. Her husband went home 10 years ago at 82, and you could not have taken worse care of yourself than him. Never seen anybody butter their pie before. <laughs> Heated up his pie, buttered it, and ate it in a bowl of half and half, and lived till 82. He should have lived till 28. The way my grandfather ate it, had been better off smoking. Everybody say, and I'm not, I'm not preaching for you to eat yourself into a scooter. I'm just saying, God has health for you. Can you say amen? And let me tell you, it's going to set a lot of you older folks free. What's the point of being alive if you're allowed half a carrot and a rice cake, half a banana, and water? Might as well just go to heaven. Everybody say, I'm not just going to live a long time. I'm going to enjoy long life. Now, if you'd like prayer for sickness and disease on TV, they're going to put a way to contact us on the screen. By next week, I want there to be more ways to contact us than just email. Lots of people that, that uh, don't use email, such as myself, that has 63,000 unchecked emails. So I want a way people can call older people. To, there it is. 1412-440-1412. If you're having trouble getting through, call again. And somebody's going to pray with you and pray a good prayer. Pastor Jay is going to give you ways to line up. We can actually pray this very quickly. We're praying for you that are online. Let us know that you watched us today. I'm interested to hear from you and where you're watching from. Let's be friends. I'm on Instagram, at J.D. Shuttlesworth. Jonathan David, at J.D. Shuttlesworth. My parents named me Jonathan David, knowing prophetically I would be my only friend. At J.D. Shuttlesworth. I look forward to hearing from you. We're going to line you up, and you're going to get prayer, and we're going to leave out of here the happiest people this side of the mental institution. Can you say amen? How many of you have been blessed today? Give the Lord a great hand clap. Go ahead, Pastor Jeff. So if you're in these first two rows, you're going to come straight up, get on this line here. If you're on the section to your guys' left, you're going to go straight to the back. Ushers will help you. If you're over more towards this side, you're going to go straight up against that wall, and ushers will get it done. Hey, if you're watching me in Massachusetts, come see me tonight. Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Drive towards the gunfire. Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, Connecticut, come see me tonight. I love you. Te amo. Te amo mucho. Te adoro. Thanks for watching me today on Faith TV. Enjoy the power of God in your home today. We love you so much. I'll see you on this channel more. Love you, Real America's Voice. Thanks for watching today. Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit revivaltoday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.